Pig X, ideas in the swine industry worth sharing. Join extension specialists and swine industry experts as they engage in conversations aimed to help producers succeed in raising healthy pigs. Welcome to episode two of the Pig X podcast. I'm your host, Delaney Howell. If you haven't yet listened to episode one, stop now, go back, and listen to that episode first. For those of you who have listened, welcome back. During this episode, Dr. Kara Stewart of Purdue University will be joining to tackle the important topic of colostrum management and intake in piglets. My background is I am an animal scientist, reproductive physiologist by training. So I did my master's and PhD at North Carolina State and then actually worked in the human medical device field for a couple of years before coming to Purdue and joining the animal science faculty at Purdue. So I've been at Purdue now for six years and I predominantly work with male and female reproductive management. On the pig side, I dabble a little bit on beef cattle reproductive research as well. I got involved in the research looking at mortality, mainly because Jason Ross at Iowa State and I are on some of the same committees and things throughout the country dealing with reproduction in pigs. And I knew he was kind of thinking about putting a proposal together. And the neonatal piglet and colostrum management had been an area I had been actively researching here at Purdue. And so I reached out to him to see if I could maybe join their group to cover the neonatal piglet survival and mortality portion of the grant. As Kara just mentioned there, she was the perfect fit for this project when it came to neonatal care in piglets. From birth until weaning, her research is helping to further the knowledge swine industry workers have about that vitally important piece of a piglet's life. Because as many of you know, that period from birth until weaning is one of the most critically important pieces to determine how a piglet's life will go. Let's hear from her what colostrum is and why it weighs so heavily on a pig's life. So colostrum is the first milk, and it is produced actually by the sow during the end of gestation. So it is present in her teats when piglets are born, made up of all the nutrients that the pig would need to survive. So fat, protein, carbohydrate, vitamins, minerals, all of that is a complete diet for the piglet. But there's also really special things in colostrum that help those piglets survive and thrive. Um, So the most important thing in there is immunoglobulins. And it's a big word that basically describes how the mother passes immune protection or disease protection onto her offspring. So pigs actually don't have good transfer of immunity from the mother to the piglet when the piglet is in utero or in her uterus. But after birth, the milk is what is used in pigs to transfer antibodies and immunoglobulins to the offspring from the mother. So it's really important that these newborns drink the milk to get that immune protection because it really prevents disease. The other thing that's really important about colostrum is its fat content. And that's what basically gives the piglet energy to increase its body temperature after birth. So you can imagine that a piglet is inside its mother's womb and her body temperature is about 100 101 degrees Fahrenheit, 
And when the piglet is born, it enters into a barn. And that barn is usually somewhere around maybe 70, 75 degrees. And so that's a big change in temperature. And the piglet is born pretty wet with a lot of the placental fluid on their body. Their body temperature drops a couple of degrees right after birth, and they need to quickly warm back up so that they can go drink milk. And part of the colostrum is a high fat content that gives them the energy they need to want to come back and continually nurse and raise their body temperature back up. Just like in piglets, babies of all species need milk from their mothers or a highly nutritious substitute to ensure they are set up for a long, healthy life. Kara's connection to colostrum and newborn piglets started as a really personal connection and as she shares, was really sparked by the birth of her own kids. I got really interested in milk in general, partially because I have four children and I lactated four times myself. And then additionally, because we really see in pigs that colostrum or that first milk is really, really important for survival. And we also started to see some research coming out of U.S. Mark and some other groups that showed these really long-term impacts of having of piglets having enough colostrum in the first 24 hours of life. And it wasn't just to get them through weaning, but it was had these impacts that go on further and further. Dr. Stewart and her team set out then to tackle the question. How can you tell if a piglet has had adequate amounts of colostrum? Because as she shares, you can't tell just by looking at a piglet if they're getting the colostrum and nutrients needed to set them up for the duration of their life. Our group wanted to look at whether we could identify piglets that have consumed adequate amounts of colostrum because you can't really tell just by looking at them. And the tests that were being used required a blood sample. So we wanted to find a more of a non-invasive measure or method to take a sample from a piglet and determine whether it had had adequate colostrum. So that was kind of our first kickoff point to start really researching the impacts of milk. So we started looking at rearing colostrum-free piglets versus piglets that nurse their mothers and tried to find um, markers of colostrum intake by using little swabs in their vagina. So just taking cellular samples from their vagina and seeing if we could find markers of colostrum intake in those piglets. This research, as Kara is alluding to, can be very difficult work and harder yet to tell if piglets have had enough colostrum. But this advanced science will one day be very helpful in identifying colostrum markers and signs for producers to be able to implement and use in their operations. We're continuing with that research today. We have found very different proteins and lipids present in the vaginas of piglets that consume adequate versus no colostrum. So now we're working with a low colostrum model, enough to make them survive, but uh, definitely not above what we think is enough for them to thrive. So we're continuing to do that. And so my role in this grant is going to be looking at management practices in the barn during the time when the piglets are suckling their mother and find out ways that we can increase colostrum intake in the piglets during that time. Okay, so let's review. Today's guest, for those of you who are tuning in or coming back to this episode, is Dr. Kara stewart of Purdue University. 
Dr. Stewart and her team have been working on colostrum intake studies from piglets until weaning. As Kara has shared with us, it's really hard to identify if a piglet has had enough colostrum or the first milk, so her portion of the grant has focused on researching the impacts of the first milk. There's a lot of complex science behind colostrum and what it can do for piglets, but one of the most important components is colostrum's ability to pass a mother's immune protection to her offspring, which really helps to prevent diseases in newborn piglets. But as Dr. Stewart shares, there is still so much unknown about the benefits of colostrum. The other thing that we've been doing a little bit of research with in, in colostrum is what we call bioactive factors. And these are other things in colostrum, mainly that we don't really know what their functions are, but we're just beginning to see some research come out that starts to investigate some of these other components. And these other components are usually things like hormones or growth factors. And what we have seen is that they're present in the mother's milk. And when the piglet drinks the milk, that component or bioactive factor actually has some sort of a major impact in the piglet's body. So for example, there are some hormones present in the milk that actually act directly on the baby piglet's reproductive tract and can alter gene expression and, and do some final maturation steps of the, of the reproductive tract of the offspring. So I think it's kind of like this big unknown world of these bioactive factors in milk that we have a lot to do to understand what all their roles are. Wow, colostrum certainly plays a huge role in piglets' lives. Just like Dr. Stewart mentioned, there are still some unknown components of the importance, but just think about all it can do for a piglet's life based off the research she and her team have studied. Just like other mammal species, sow's colostrum quality and quantity can vary pretty drastically, which also play a role in swine production at birth. So the amount that every sow produces versus the quality or the, the composition, how much fat, how much immunoglobulin, how much all of that is in her colostrum, it is extremely variable um, from sow to sow, from farm to farm, from genetic line to genetic line. We just completed a research trial at Purdue where we estimated just like the percent of fat in the colostrum. And we found ranges from like five to over 20% fat. So the composition is just incredibly variable. And when we walk a barn and we look around at a sow, we don't really know how much colostrum or what volume of colostrum she's actually producing. And it's the amount she produces is not related to the number of piglets that she has because it's produced in gestation and not produced during lactation where, you know, whole milk is going to be more if she's nursing more piglets. Once the colostrum converts into whole milk, if there's more piglets nursing, she'll produce more milk. But with that first milk, it's not dependent on the number of piglets. And so the other thing is that colostrum is really only produced for about the first 24 hours, and then it starts to convert into whole milk. And even during that 24-hour window, the composition of the colostrum changes over time. So from the birth of the first piglet, 
even within the first 12 hours, the immunoglobulins have gone down by almost 50% in the colostrum because it's already starting to transition to whole milk. So one of those buzzwords you may keep hearing Kara refer to are immunoglobulins, which at first blush you may think are important only to swine species, but actually are present across many different species that allow protection of the offspring with just a few key differences. Consistent across species that the the colostrum portion of milk contains a lot of glands and immune protection to the offspring. But the difference is whether the species actually gets a lot of that during pregnancy or not. So in humans, for example, there's a lot of transfer from the mother to the offspring during pregnancy. So the human babies are born with a good amount of immune protection because they get it from the mother's blood during pregnancy. The pig's placenta is different than the human's and just enough so that these large molecules don't transfer across the placenta as efficiently. So the pig is born pretty naive of immunity compared to humans, and it really, really requires that milk in order to survive. So there's a, depending on the type of placenta kind of dictates how much the newborns are actually born with in that species versus how much they rely on the milk. But the colostrum from all of the milk-producing species is usually very rich in immune protection to try to help those offspring. To reiterate what Dr. Stewart just shared here, pigs are born pretty naive compared to humans, meaning piglets don't have immunity to protect themselves yet at birth. That first milk allows piglets to armor themselves with nutrients and disease protection that their mother sows share with them through the colostrum. The science behind this data is one thing, but what does it actually mean in practice? And what can you do to get a piglet to physically drink more colostrum? You know, what do you do to try to get piglets to drink more colostrum? And that's really the, the big take-home message today is we have to focus on management practices that work and that increase the piglet's chance of getting to the teat and, and drinking milk. So if you go back to that environment, you think about how that piglet is born. It's cold. It's wet. It's on the back end of the sow. It has to make its way to the side of the sow, and then it has to compete to get teat space. So if it's the first piglet born, it has no competition at the udder, and it can go drink out of whatever teat it wants. But if it's the last piglet born, all of its brothers and sisters may have already taken up its space, and they really have to compete to find a teat and get their good drink of colostrum. So you can imagine that there's a lot of variation in birth weight and the size of the piglets. And so those bigger pigs can sometimes really take over and, and get a lot of colostrum where the little pigs or the lighter birth weight piglets don't get to drink as much because they can't compete up there. They also just can't physically drink as much and their suckling stimulus isn't quite as hard, so they don't extract as much milk from the mother's teat as those big, hearty, go get them piglets in the litter. Being present and having someone physically at the birthings can go a long way in ensuring that there's a little less competition at the teat. But there are a few other things that we can do to increase colostrum intake and help newborn piglets. Again, these are some take-home messages that are simple in nature, but always good for a little refresher about practices we should be implementing in our operations. So some of the things that we do to try to increase colostrum, the first thing is to dry the piglets. So there's a couple different ways to do that. You can just use 
bath towels, paper towels, or powder drying agents. And the thought behind that is that if you have a piglet born cold and wet, if you dry them up and warm them up, they will go to the udder faster and get colostrum faster. Some of the other options are what we call split suckling. And that is done two different ways. One way is to take the biggest piglets off of the sow and put them in a nice warm environment while the little piglets get free access to the underline to make sure that you're removing the competition for them at the udder. The other option to split suckling would be to let the firstborn piglets get a good drink of milk and then put them in the warming box while the later born piglets, as they're born, they then get free access to the underline as well so that they can get a good drink. While these measures don't necessarily guarantee a reduction in mortality rates, there are a few key distinctions. Data does show that drying piglets increases body temperatures. However, research has been inconclusive whether or not it increases colostrum intake. But at the end of the day, producers have some of the most insight into farrowing activity. And while somewhat anecdotal, mortality rates have definitely decreased among producers asked. The issue has been recently, there's been some data coming out that hasn't shown a direct benefit of some of these management practices to increasing colostrum consumption. So when we talk about trying to reduce mortality in this early period of life for these piglets, these management practices directly haven't shown maybe an increase in colostrum. But if you talk to a lot of producers that do them, they'll tell you that they've seen a reduction in mortality. And I think part of that comes to the concept of attended farrowings. So I think putting people in the barn, drying piglets for sure warms their body temperature up faster. And, you know, practicing some of these things where we're putting people in the barn to manage the pigs during farrowing and the early couple of days of those piglets' life is definitely worthwhile and saves piglets. What makes this grant so unique is that researchers and scientists like Dr. Stewart are not only conducting their own research and experiments, but they're also constantly reviewing existing literature so we in the swine industry don't have to stay abreast of some of the more technical components. They also use them to guide current research, such as a study done in Brazil in 2014 that has weighed heavily on Kara's research. There's a couple really good research papers that have shown a, a cutoff at about 200 grams or about 200 milliliters of colostrum intake as a minimum. And below that, the survivability of piglets is not very good. And above that, the piglets have a very good chance of survival. And the, the research group out of Brazil in 2014 did a great paper where they looked at the relationship of the amount of colostrum consumed and birth weight with survival. So what was really fascinating with their data set was that they kind of confirmed they had something like above a 30% mortality rate in piglets that were lightweight and drank less than 200 grams of colostrum. The piglets that were heavyweight kind of didn't matter how much they drank. They tended to drink more than 200 grams anyway, but their mortality rates were only like 3%. But what was interesting was the piglets that were lightweight and still drank enough colostrum or more than 200 grams of colostrum, they had the same mortality rates 
as those higher birth weight piglets. So what that tells me is that we really need to focus in the barn on those light birth weight piglets. So kind of the scrawny little ones, we need to make sure they're getting their dose of colostrum because if we can get them to have more than 200 grams, we increase their chance of survival quite a bit. I think Dr. Stewart hit the nail on the head with today's take-home message. Barn management and attended farrowings and an increase in colostrum intake within the first 24 hours of birth go a long way to ensuring piglets are set up for success during the rest of production. Well, that wraps up another episode of the PigX podcast. Episodes of this podcast drop the first Monday of the month, and the next regularly scheduled episode will be released August 3rd. So go ahead and hit subscribe now so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're taking the time to hit subscribe, do us one more favor. Go ahead and write a review for us as well. All comments are welcome so we can better serve the swine industry. Until next time, I'm Delaney Howell, and this has been the PigX Podcast. PigX is a national podcast hosted by the Pig Livability Project partners at Iowa State University, Kansas State University, and Purdue and supported by the Iowa Pork Industry Center. For more information on the project, head to www.piglivability.org or to inquire directly with questions regarding the project, email ipic at iastate.edu. PigX, ideas in the swine industry worth sharing.